Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hello and happy Monday, faithful listeners. I hope you all had a really awesome weekend and that you were able to hang out and relax and enjoy, hopefully, the sunlight in your area. (laughs) We did not get much sunlight in my area. It was snowing all last week. We got like a foot where I'm at. We got a foot of snow overnight, one of the nights, which was uh, pretty amazing. And then it continued to pile on throughout the week. And I I mentioned all that in the email I sent to you guys. Now, if you don't subscribe to the email list, make sure you do, because I I often like to talk to you guys in the email also. Sometimes I'll give you downloadable content, and sometimes I'll just uh, chat with you about what's new and what's going on with the ministry and the Bible Explained podcast and everything like that. So subscribe to the email list, and when you do, you're going to get two free chapters of my book, Out of the Mire. So you'll find all those links in the description of this podcast episode. But let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 17. Make sure to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and also your Bible, the most important thing. So grab those things and feel free to pause the podcast if you need to, to go get that stuff. And let's read Deuteronomy 17 verse 1. Yes, we are literally reading one verse today. There's going to be a lot to talk about in this one particular verse. I've got so much to say about it. I am so excited to discuss this. So let's read Deuteronomy 17 verse 1. I'll be reading out of W.E.B. You shall not sacrifice to Yahweh your God an ox or a sheep in which is a defect or anything evil, for that is an abomination to Yahweh your God. I thought the wording of that was kind of interesting, because like you don't think of a defect in an animal as being something evil. And maybe this is just a W.E.B. version thing, which, by the way, that's the version I was reading out of. But It made me need to look up the definition of evil according to the Bible. It basically just means like a lack of goodness or rather something that is unsuitable or inferior and opposition to God. So, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we don't think of the word evil as being something like a defective animal, I suppose. But if God tells people not to sacrifice defective animals and they do... That is evil. That is in opposition to God, according to this definition of evil. So, I mean, yeah, it's just basically something that is not good. It's a lack of goodness. So what God is really saying here is that it is in opposition to him to sacrifice an animal that is not perfect, or at least as perfect as an animal can get for the most part. But the fact of the matter is it kind of goes deeper even than just the animal itself not having any imperfections. Sacrifice is supposed to be difficult. That's literally what the word sacrifice means. Like when we hear the word sacrifice, we don't think of it as being an easy thing because we often say like, oh, you know, that guy, he sacrificed so much for his family or that woman sacrificed her life for her children, something like that. We, We think of the word sacrifice as giving up a lot on our parts. So when we sacrifice something, we're giving something valuable up. So in a sense, if the Israelites back in these days gave God their like defective animals, I suppose, that isn't a sacrifice. That's not a good definition of the word sacrifice. Instead, that's people giving God 
they're like subpar animals that wouldn't fetch a good price in the market. So they're like, oh, these lame animals or crippled animals or the runts or whatever that won't get me a good price. I'll give those ones to God. And that's what people would do because we find out later on in Malachi, that's exactly what the Israelites did. They were giving God like blind animals and crippled animals and all sorts of stuff because they didn't want to sacrifice. They didn't want to give God their best animals that God required. But why did God require a perfect sacrifice? Well, it's because back in these days in the Old Testament law, when people would bring sacrifices to God, they were doing it to be forgiven from their sins. And we know based upon scripture that the only way sins can be taken away or forgiven is through the death of a perfect sacrifice. Later on, that became Jesus. Jesus was the uh, God in human flesh. He was perfect. And he died on the cross to save all of us and to free us from our sins. But before Jesus came down to earth, this was done through animal sacrifices. And the animals had to be as perfect, basically, as an animal could get. And it wasn't just for people to be forgiven from their sins, but a lot of times these were tithes and offerings that the people would want to bring to God in order to have fellowship with God, in order to get closer to God, just as you and I nowadays do through prayers and through reading scripture and through serving and and tithing. And back when animal sacrifices were common, people would bring their animal sacrifices to God. And God told the people how to do it the right way, the way that was not in opposition to him, the way that would bring the people closer to God. But of course, the people over time, (laughs) and maybe immediately, I'm not sure, didn't really want to sacrifice. They didn't want to bring their best to God because, of course, the best animal that they have is going to get them a really good price. At the market, they're going to get rich off that animal, potentially. I mean, especially something like an ox, right? Uh, Oxen were probably very expensive back in the Old Testament days, just as they are nowadays. They're quite expensive. And human nature doesn't want to just freely give up that gift, right? They don't, human nature doesn't want to sacrifice something like, like that, something so big to God. So over time, the people, of course, were not bringing God their best, but pretending that they were and and maybe lying and saying that this animal isn't blind. No, this animal is perfect. This animal doesn't have any internal disease. And like bringing these subpar animals that they knew were subpar to God. And naturally, that was, you know, doing the opposite effect. It wasn't bringing the people closer to God. It was actually making the people further and further away from God because they weren't listening to what God told them to do. They weren't really sacrificing anything to God. And I mean, yes, sacrifice is never easy. But there's one saying that I always really like, and my husband quotes it quite a bit. Things that are easy in the long term are not often worth doing. Things that are hard are worth doing because in the end, it's going to have the most payout. So even though it might seem like, oh, we're sacrificing so much to to God, right? It's going to be so worth it in the end. Like when we see God and he tells us, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, that's going to be like the best moment of your entire life ever is when God says those words to you. I can't even imagine like how how cool 
that would be to hear God like compliment you for being such a good servant. So yeah, sacrifice is never easy, but it is worth doing. And that is why we should give our best to God in everything that we do, in our work, in our family lives, at our church, anything that we do, we should be giving our best to God. Because I mean, Colossians 3.23 actually says, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So the person that we really should be pleasing above everyone else is God. We should be working heartily for him, I suppose, in everything that we're doing. There's actually <laughs> there's actually a, uh, a very common mindset in the church, especially revolving around music. There's like this whole mindset that if a person is, you know, doing their best musically for God, you know, and doing like fancy things on the guitar or whatever, fancy riffs on the guitar. Some people think of that as too showy. Some people think of that as, oh, you're putting on a concert and we judge the we judge their hearts. We're like, oh, that person was too fancy on that guitar. And, you know, he's being too showy, but they very well could be just playing their best for God. However, I do know that depending on the person's heart, it can make their ego inflated. Like, I believe that. I think that there's a fine line there where it's crossing over too much into ego. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with a church doing their absolute best for God. And I'm sorry, this is my little rant here. <laughs> I just realized I'm, I'm very much ranting right now, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. But my point is, we should be doing everything we possibly can to perform excellently for God. And it's not just with music, it's anything. It's anything at all. We should be working for God, not for men, for God. And I just, I know that when we get to heaven, everything is going to be top-notch beautiful. I just know that when we get to heaven, we're going to be singing our lungs out. We're going to be, you know, dancing and joyful and happy with each other. We're going to have the most delicious food that somebody could possibly make. We're going to have concerts and maybe light shows. I don't know. We're going to have a lot going on in heaven and it's going to be done excellently. In a way, doing your best is a form of sacrifice. Doing your best requires work. It requires a lot more work than just like skating on by. And I have to admit, like sometimes even when I do this podcast, in life, actually, I have a tendency to skate on by. I, I, I've done that for most of my life. Even when I was in school, I rarely did my best unless I was like really starting to fail. I was a bad student, by the way. <laughs> I was not a good student. And I skated on by for much of it. Because I've taught myself to do that, sometimes even with this podcast, which I am specifically doing because I believe God wants me to do it and I am doing it because um, I want to do it. But I, I sometimes, even with this, skate on by. Like, I'm just like, oh, let me just finish this real quick. I, I, you know, there's so many other things I'd rather do right now. There's so many other things, you know, I want to accomplish in the house or whatever or I have other work I got to do, whatever it is. And I almost like skate on by with the podcast. And it's really funny because like on days like that, I don't often go back and listen to my own episodes. Sometimes I do. But <laughs> it seems like on those days, either somebody contacts me that there's a problem 
with the podcast or I end up listening to one of the episodes and there's a huge mistake in it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I have to go back and refix that because I wasn't doing my best. I was skating on by and I was quickly editing and not paying enough attention. And uh, yeah, and there was a problem. And so personally, no, I, I don't think that God appreciates when I skate on by with the podcast because it's an important message. Obviously, I'm I'm talking about scripture. I am discussing scripture with everybody. And that is the most important thing ever is God's words. Not my words, by the way. God's words are the most important thing, which is why I do recommend you read the scriptures and not just listen to me because I am human. I skate on by sometimes and I make mistakes. But the fact of the matter is I, I don't believe that God recognizes, I suppose, gifts or sacrifices that are our second best. Because God is above all. And if we're going to do our best for other people, like let's just say somebody we really respect is coming over for dinner at our house. Like we would really do our best to make sure that we got them a good dinner, that we, you know, made them comfortable and that we were hospitable to them. We would do our best. But yet God is so much bigger than anybody. He's so much bigger than any one of us. Any person on earth, God created that human being. And the creator is way above the creation. And yet I don't do my best for God at times. But yet when somebody comes over to my house, I want to, you know, make sure that they feel respected and that they feel that I'm giving my best for them. And that's kind of backwards if you think about it. That's that's really backwards. But regardless of all of this, I do know that God is extremely merciful. He's very aware and understanding of our shortcomings. I mean, even with the law he gives to people where he is meeting them where they're at spiritually in many of the different laws that we see, God is extremely merciful and he knows our shortcomings. And I do think he wants us to start somewhere and doing something is, is better than doing nothing. There is grace in all of this. It's not just, you know, we have to do our best or God is going to strike us dead. That's not what I'm saying. And if it were, that would be anti-biblical. But God is aware of our shortcomings and he cares deeply for all of us. So if you're in a rut right now, and you're just like, I don't know what next step I'm going to take. Like, Jen, all of this stuff that you're saying just sounds overwhelmingly difficult for me, like doing my best or even getting up on my feet today was difficult. Like, how am I supposed to do my best? Believe me when I say that I understand that and I know exactly what you're going through, but do something. It can be the smallest little thing. Any small little step that you take in the right direction is you making an effort. And that effort, I don't believe, is going to be unnoticed by God. Because, I mean, what does God say? He says he blesses people who produce a little bit of fruit, and he blesses people who produce a lot of fruit. So even that little bit of fruit, God recognizes that, and he sees that. So there is mercy, and there is grace. And if there weren't, we wouldn't have Jesus who came down for our failings. So I think the challenge I'm making to... Anybody who feels like you're in a rut right now or something along those lines or you feel very depressed, 
My challenge to you is just take a one small step in the right direction. Just make an effort to do something to please God. Because that's really what matters. God sees the heart. He looks at the heart. He's going to see that you are doing your best to make an effort to him. And it doesn't have to be anything gigantic. doesn't have to be anything big. It can be something very small. Anyway, guys, I mentioned the uh, book Out of the Mire at the beginning of this podcast episode. And that actually talks a lot about depression, anxiety, feeling purposelessness. And it goes through the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. And Joseph was a slave. He was the lowliest of the low. He got betrayed multiple times and he was just in a a huge pit. But because he faithfully loved God, God brought him to a place of honor in the end. And if you think that that book can help you, then check it out. Go over to my website, subscribe, and you'll get two free chapters of it, which are the first two chapters of that book. And then of course, if you end up liking it, you can get the rest of the book on Amazon Prime, which is also linked in this description. But faithful listeners, I will see you next time. I'll see you tomorrow, actually, for a episode out of John. And we'll be moving into, I think, John chapter 5 tomorrow. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, tune in then, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up. But guys, I really hope that you have a blessed rest of your day. As always, happy listening and God bless.